everybody. Welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. We are prepping for week one here on Talking Tigs. Uh, I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me as always, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, prepping this game with FSU, just like last year, we're, we're going to do the same song again, this time in Camping World Stadium, that is. And uh, it's a marquee game. I would actually say it's probably the marquee game of the weekend. We're going to talk about that and the other games going on. And, you know, there actually was some some news out of uh, camp this week. We'll get into that. Uh, some numbers may or may not have been assigned. And we, I don't know, it looks like we may uh, maybe deal with uh, our first suspension of the year. Hopefully our only one. But I don't know. It's, it's water under the bridge for me. Uh, but before we get into all that... I was checking with the co-host, see how, how the heck you guys are doing. All right, I'll be honest. I did not watch any of the games. I checked out the scores, any highlights I could, but uh, I didn't watch any of the college football because it's week zero. You know, there's there's no real marquee games unless you're just dying to see <laughs> a Vanderbilt in Hawaii. But uh, from the score, it looked like a pretty good game. Uh, but how are y'all doing? Uh, good. Good to be with you. Good to be talking legitimate college football coming up. We, I mean, we're, you know, less than – seven days away from LSU's first game. Um, I did get to check out uh, some of the some of the college games this weekend, not religiously. Like you said, you know, nothing, nothing, no must-see TV um, other than the fact that it's just the sport we love on TV. Um, I did, I watched a little bit of that, uh, that Notre Dame game in Dublin. Um, wasn't much of a game, but, you know, it's kind of, I guess it was kind of cool. The one thing I noticed, Daniel, I don't know if you saw any of it, um, you know, they played it in like I guess a soccer stadium, and it, and the the stands were so low, mm-hmm. like because I guess because I think in soccer like the fans are kind of almost like at ground level, um. So it, I I bet that was like an interesting way to watch because like you know our stands are are always even the lowest level is usually like six feet or five feet elevated above the the ground. So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they got to look over like six, eight linemen and like 70 dudes yeah. <laughs> for soccer. It's just like five or six guys. Most of them are like five, six. Sitting in that seven. little like dugout thing. Exactly. It looks like a first class dugout. Yeah. Right. They look like airline seats. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Um. So anyways, so, you know, that was kind of cool. Glad to kick it off. And uh, here we are. I'm ready to break it down with y'all and get ready for uh for this, you know, important first game for LSU. Yep. Doing well. Uh, I agree on those fronts. It was exciting to see some live college football on my TV. I actually watched a little bit of some high school games too, that were on ESPN as part of this Broward County football showcase. Broward County is one County away from where I am in Fort Lauderdale. And they got some of the best high school football um, in the country. I was thinking about going to the games actually, but it didn't work out, but it's still cool to see that on TV. And then yeah, LSU and they'll be playing in one week from right now as we are recording so that will be very exciting yep. uh and yeah all the long waiting over the summer has come to a head here so uh set your dials and and get ready for an exciting season amen uh and <clears throat> this season uh speaking of exciting got some exciting news out of baton rouge we finally know who's going to wear seven and 18 both of those getting awarded this weekend as brian kelly said they would um bit of I don't know. I guess I would say it's a bit of a surprise on who number seven is uh, off- offensive tackle. Will Campbell. I don't know if anyone really saw that coming. You know, usually we give it to. Wasn't on my bingo card. Right. Exactly. Um, 
usually you give that to like a a very prominent offensive player or def- a, or DB, you know, a playmaker. Usually somebody yeah, exactly. who's going to make something happen when the ball gets in his hands. Right. Maybe maybe the thinking is if the ball somehow did get in Will Campbell's hands, he would make something happen. <laughs> um, but he probably go a few yards. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, he's getting it. Congrats to him. Uh, I I guess I thought it was weird, A, because wow, alignment, okay. Um, but then I thought, or I guess probably as many others have, including you guys. Uh, all right, so is alignment wearing seven? That's just going to be weird. No, he's not. He's going to still wear six. He's just going to have a big seven patch. Yeah. So uh, I guess that takes, but, you know, again, it's like, so I guess no one's going to wear seven this year. Well, you know, they, that, yeah, I, I guess not, that, which, I think, um, I mean, I, I think I'm kind of glad about if we, I, I, I can't think give of it a break. <laughs> give it a break. Like we built this thing up so much to where it, it's, I mean, it, it, you know, with the social, like it, it really wasn't a thing until Tyron Matthew really, no, actually, no, I'm not even going to say that. What really wasn't a thing until Leonard Fournette, because Leonard Fournette came in and, and like said, I'm wearing seven as a freshman and like he was, it's mine and Tyron Matthews giving it to me and we're saying all people. Um, but you know, since then it's kind of grown into this whole mantle. And uh, to be honest, there haven't been a lot of people that have been able to live up to it. Um, I, I think that in some ways it's kind of become a distraction because, um, I mean, you think about, and we talk about it all the time, the Jonathan Giles situation where he was given seven and then like taken away. <laughs> um, I mean, that's just kind of ridiculous. And also, I, he got shafted. I don't know if you saw on the announcement photo that they put together like a little graphic of Will Campbell wearing his like 66 jersey with the seven patch. And they had the past sevens. Jonathan Giles not involved or not included, which I think that's a, kind of a shaft. Like, I don't like that. Um, yeah. But regardless, I, I mean, I kind of I like the move because I feel like this that's a very Brian Kelly-esque move to try and you know what, get away, like, we don't, you know, maybe it's kind of a thing, like, we don't have playmakers, or we're, we're, you know, we're we're kind of, we don't have a single playmaker, we don't have a single guy who's, oh, he's just the guy, you know, anybody can, anybody, everybody can make something happen with the ball, we don't put anybody above anybody else, and so our our biggest playmaker is going to be the, the, you know, five-star left tackle that started as a freshman in the SEC and held his own. Yeah, I don't really have anything against Will Campbell getting the the seven. I think, yeah, maybe one of those times to kind of wind it down. And if some other number starts to develop its own mythology or whatever you want to call it, then uh, that <laughs> then can cut it, then kill it before it starts. <laughs> kill it at the source. <laughs> Turn it yeah. into a patch. Before you know it, we're going to have everybody's going to be wearing patches of different numbers. <laughs> they might just need to retire it just for no real reason, just so nobody else can fight over it. Uh, but that's fine. And then I guess you were leading into Makai Wingo uh, defensive tackle getting to wear 18. That one makes a little bit more sense to me. Um, second year guy who made a pretty big impact last year as a transfer from Missouri, uh, being a big run stuffer and from all accounts, a, a nice leader in the locker room as well. Uh, so he'll be a, I think either a fifth or maybe even a sixth year senior at this point. Um, mm. But yeah, respect to him. And I think he might actually be wearing 18 because didn't BJ Ojolari wear 18 yeah. last year and he's on the D line too. So um makes sense. And uh yeah, I mean I'm I'm fine with all this. Just don't let it go to anybody's head and distract you on the field, I suppose. Right. Didn't Christian Lacatour wear 18 also? He did. Yeah. 
Yes, so, yeah. And. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Arden Key or 18, right? Mm, don't remember. Maybe. Yes. He did. I don't know. Um, oh, Benny Logan wore 18. There's, there's been a lot of defensive linemen that have worn 18. Yeah. Um, one thing, one back to the seven thing. This kind of also grinded my gears. Um, <laughs> on the on the graphic they put out, two out of the out of the, I think eight, two out of the eight, you know, people that they didn't even really play when they were number seven. Kayshawn Butte and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase never never strapped on the pads. The only time you can ever find him in a seven jersey is in promo pictures for the season that he never played in. And B Butte, I mean he was he was out there. I wouldn't consider like if you're not if you're gonna include Butte as a seven, then why aren't you including Jonathan Jobs? I think it's I think it's wrong. I think he should suit. Ouch. Well we, Stole we him seven valor. Yeah. Right, exactly. We don't need that. Um but I, I don't know. I I guess it, we can take a break from the seven. That's fine. Um you know, but it, I, I think if it, it just didn't seem like it would have been as weird if Mikai Wingo had seven and Will Campbell had 18. That's well, although I get, I think, you know, 18 usually goes to more an upperclassman. Does it? Okay. I think so. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I guess Mikai could, yeah, he's definitely that also. Um, so, but it seemed like, did the players, is it still like a, just a player's vote or like does Brian Kelly have a hand in this now? I would imagine Kelly has some has something to do with it. Yeah, um, that's why I said he like announced it. He presented it. Well, and, and even I mean, even when when Orgeron was here, he clearly he definitely had a hand in it too. Because I remember he asked, "Who did he ask to wear seven? He asked somebody, Jonathan Giles. <laughs> Probably no. He asked. <laughs> no. He, asked, he asked Jonathan Giles not to wear seven. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need that back. Yeah, I'm gonna need that seven back. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways so i mean yeah we're, we're talking about a number i don't even does any other does any other college i wonder how many other colleges have great sagas over who's wearing what number <laughs> i don't think so no but you know no. what that's why we love it that's why that's why we're different that's why our death valley is the real one it's we we just <laughs> it just means more here exactly exactly we'll take it um so yeah, I don't know. It's just as another side note, you know, LSU mentioned the number eight. Speaking of eight, on the b- baseball team, uh, going to Hayden Travinsky. So it's another you know, weird one, to be honest. Yeah, I know. We can make we can make of that make something of that later as we uh, you know as for baseball season approaches. But just thought I'd toss that out there since all, all the timing seems to be coordinated. But yeah, I don't know. I, I look forward to seeing what both of these guys do. Um, and you know, again, as far as what the numbers mean, I don't know. I just hope they, you know, I know they both can live up to what comes with it. It's different seeing, you know, Will Campbell being that guy, but, you know, what if he has like the greatest season a lineman's ever had at LSU? I don't know. It's possible. I think of if any, I mean, I think of any um, offensive lineman in the past, gosh, you know, 10 years, like he's the one to get it. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, he he's kind of one of those guys who the hype came, he had the hype coming in and he he's kind of lived up to it in his first year. Uh, we'll see what he does, you know, year two. But I'm I'm if I, I don't anticipate seeing him really go down in production by any means. Mm. Nor I. Um, now moving on. Now speaking of numbers, uh, LSU will not have 
uh, one guy for the FSU game because, and who didn't see something like this coming? Uh, Mason Smith is uh, suspended for that game. He's not playing at all. He is being punished for sending autographs, I guess, uh, a couple years ago with, uh, speaking of Keishon Butte with him, although Butte was able, he was able to serve his sentence already. Um, and it was weird because I was, well, I guess it was last year, but uh, Smith was hurt. Obviously he, you know, he never got well enough to play again. So I guess for that reason, because they discovered after the game, he injured himself. Um, that's when they discovered it. And so we couldn't punish him if he's not actually even playing. So that's why this happened. And according to Brian Kelly, you know, they tried everything they could to make it, I don't know, they were trying to switch the grambling game to, to this weekend. You know, they wanted this to be uh, week zero for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did everything else they could, although I don't, I don't know exactly know what that entails, but I don't know if they're, they're willing to move a game up for like two fan bases, like two weekends. That's, that's like, wow, we, we really want this guy to play. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's I mean, he's, he's kind of an X factor. I would, I would, I think on the, um, for Based us on that. Oh yeah. And we were hoping he was going to be yeah, a difference maker, possibly a difference in the result of the game last year that came down to one point and where he exited on the first series. Uh, it's, it sucks because um, the report is that this incident happened like two weeks before the NIL like deals became legal. So he missed it by that much. And then, yeah, like he couldn't serve as one game suspension any game last year because he was hurt the whole time. And supposedly other players from other schools in a similar position last year, they got to choose which game they were suspended. And so they could have picked whatever Southern or uh, some small game, but they forced him to, to be suspended game one this year, which is kind of just a confluence of, of factors and we'll, we'll miss him. But I guess it gives other guys on the, the D line opportunities to step up, but uh, people like Jacoby and Guillory and transferred Jordan Jefferson, uh, no relation to the other Jordan Jefferson of LSU. Yeah, he's not a uh, twin or anything. Yeah, they'll need to step up aside alongside Makai Wingo, who we already mentioned at the D line to shut down Florida State's offense. But uh, it would be nice to have him. But I guess if we can win without him, then uh, it would only provide more promise for the future. Just to get it out the way and hopefully not too much harm done. Right. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a big disappointment, but. Um, Gosh, what now? I think what also is kind of ridiculous. Uh, did you okay? Did you read or did you see the report that the, the week that Kayshawn served his his like sentence, his penalty was that week where the weird thing where he was like, Oh, my son is being born or something? Yeah, so I don't know. I thought that was kind of strange. Um, unless the timing just happened to be well, I guess, I guess what. Well, what I'm, you know, you said that they were kind of able to serve it whenever they wanted to. And so I, I wonder if like week one, they knew about this. And then he was like, hey, coach, my, my, you know, my girlfriend's going to have my baby at some point. So why don't I just serve the, the suspension during that game? I don't know. That makes sense to me, but it's, I think it's still sure. kind of weird. I wish they would have, I don't understand why they didn't say it. Yeah. Right. Cause they knew, obviously. Yeah, like um, it wasn't like it wasn't like a, a coincidence, right? And I don't know. It's just weird with the NCAA because, like, you know, LSU fought tooth and nail, and then you know they tried to talk, but you know they were basically saying no grandfather clause on this one. Sorry, 
so basically like we're going to make an example for somebody that we we're not really going to enforce anymore like what that, that doesn't make no that makes no sense so the fact that they i get what they're saying well he did it two weeks before but i don't know i mean if, if he knew that in his head like man they're about to legalize this stuff so here you go no one's going to find out that yeah he i mean he broke the infraction but Come on, what do what, they gave Manziel half a game for the same thing? And this was years before NIL, so yeah. I, I just don't understand their. Well, it's it's the NCAA just uh, yeah sure, you know, trying to assert their dominance and show like, look, we matter, we we got teeth. <laughs> sure, uh, I don't know. I, I imagine FSU would want us to have him so that you know we don't have any excuses. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I, the fact that they wanted to move games up so that this guy could play against FSU, I was like, all right, well, I feel pretty good about my prediction that he's going to have a breakout year, and they like they, they, he's going to be so good, they don't want him to miss this one game against FSU. But, yeah, uh, unless, like you were kind of alluding to, like, well, we got some other guys that we can put in there too. Well, well hopefully they can, you know, they're up for the challenge. Maybe LSU is like, ah, you know, we're still coming along in other areas on that line, but. Smith was solid. So I don't know. I hope that's not the case because, and then we can kind of just segue right on into this FSU breakdown because I think what FSU is good at, you know, we saw it last year. They, they have a good quarterback who is mobile and they have a really good core of running backs. Like we do. I would say ours is probably deeper now, just based off of uh, where we are after that game last year. uh, Cause they lost, uh, uh, I think one or two of their running backs, but uh, I mean, there's, they're still good. So as as long as LSU's D can hold the running, both the running backs and uh, their quarterback, then I think we have a chance to, you know, kind of contain them in that front and just have them punt a lot. Hopefully, yeah. What do you What do you guys say? I, I well, mean, I think I think we've talked about it before, but this is going to be this is a big game for us. This is obviously the first game of the season, so of course it's big, but. This is a Florida State team that is is being hyped up a lot. Uh, Jordan Travis, you know, threw for over three thousand yards last year, and carried the ball. Let's see, I've got, got pulled up eighty two times for four hundred seventeen yards. Um, he's a true du- true dual threat. He played a really good game against us last year and and improved throughout the season and became one of the best quarterbacks in the in the ACC. Um, I'm I'm excited to see him. I'm, I'm excited to to see how we can. You know, our defensive backs are kind of our, our probably our weakest point um, on our defensive side, and uh, that was something we tried to address in the portal and address through uh, you know recruiting and and trying to plug those holes. But we lost some people, and we, you know we weren't that good last year. So I think it's this will be a good test of um, of our our defense, particularly our defensive backs. Yeah, it should be a close game. I think either way, both teams, a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Florida State, very explosive offense, which we experienced last year. Travis in year three, uh, going strong. He's actually from West Palm Beach, Florida, where I live. Uh, But uh, they got, and then two of their top three wide receivers are actually from Louisiana, uh, Keon Coleman and then one other guy, I forget the name. But Johnny Wilson, their number one wide receiver, is – pretty similar to Malik neighbors. He's a big, tall guy. And so they'll be targeting him up against our uh, new cornerbacks in the system. Deuce chestnut, Zy Alexander and others early and often, I would imagine. And it will have to, 
see whether our defense can hold. I think that's the big question mark for us. Um, Jordan, uh, not Jordan Daniels, Jaden Daniels. Uh, he should take another step. I think we want him to attack downfield even more. We'll see if that confidence that he's supposedly been developing over the course of the summer pays off uh, with deep shots, because even though he was pretty efficient last year, he didn't exactly stretch the field as a deep ball threat all too often. And so hopefully guys like Brian Thomas uh, can fill that void for us. Kyron Lacey rip off a big play early and put some points on the board and, and get uh, momentum trending in the right direction. It's also the first time we'll see all these new transfers for LSU. So we'll get to see who's real and, and who's not in, in, in that sense. So I'm very excited to see that, but it should be close. And hopefully LSU can go into a hostile environment in Orlando and, and come away with the W. I think we definitely have the talent to do it. No, I agree. I think I think also um, the 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 main thing I'm going to look for, and, and this is something you'll I think you'll be able to see first couple drives. I mean, if you remember that FSU game last year, we looked tight, we looked unsure of ourselves. We, you know, our our particularly on offense, our offense was not. Uh, uh, it was very. I mean, Jaden Daniels at any sign of trouble was, was scrambling. I mean, I, I just pulled up last year's stats and he, he, uh, you know, threw for 200, 209 yards and rushed for 114. Um, that I, I we scored three see, points in the first half. Yeah. I mean, I want to see us. I, I, I want to see us. The progression I'm looking for is, is a more confident put together, um, sure of themselves offense. And, you know, all of everything you hear out of camp is that, you know, gosh, Jaden has really made strides. Look at him. He's looking at his downfield throwing. Look at every he's addressed everything, everything, pretty much everything Daniel talked about. Um, being a concern that he's addressed. But um, I mean, we're gonna see um, you know, prime time, uh really what that means. Um, uh, but the other thing is like the the small uh the the little things really ate us alive last year. Like, um wasn't it uh wasn't it uh Malik Neighbors with the the drop punt. Yeah, in this game, something. Yeah, something. Like well, that. It was Jack Besh who dropped it right oh, at the I beginning. Think, okay, I think you're right. Yeah, it's Ben. No, wait. What about it? Okay, there was one in Tennessee and there was one here, right? Uh, I mean, anyways, we had a we had a a poor you know so we had a lot of poor. I mean, throughout the entire season last year, we had a lot of poor um, special teams play. But even in this game, I remember. Um, Special teams, you know, really hurting us. We had two two uh, lost fumbles in this game. Those are the things that that I think will really can make or break us. And um, I want to see progression in that. I want to see us playing more complete, uh, confident football. Yeah, I think if LSU can, uh, you know, the, kind of the flip to what I was saying earlier, if LSU can run with all these backs we have and just open up the passing game, same would work for Florida State too, obviously. Uh, I just don't know their defensive, like their linebackers and their DBUs quite the same to say that, yeah, I mean, they're they're solid back there. LSU's going to have trouble. But I feel like if LSU can run the ball with all the guys we have, I don't know, we'll, we'll be fine. We're not going to make those same mistakes again. I feel like we're a lot more confident team. We're more sure of ourselves. Uh, there's probably a lot of pressure. New coach in home stadium, but now we're playing at Camping World. It's on a Sunday again. I think we'll be fine. Okay, I just pulled it up. It, it is Malik Neighbors. I'm watching it right now. He calls for okay. fair catch. 
drops mm-hmm. right and then they yep they pick it up and it's on our seven yard line seven see there you go and we actually we, we held them to to four and out like they, they went for it and so they didn't get any points off of that but yeah it was still a, a big swing well, that, i mean that was crushing <laughs> yeah and we we'd already, we had another blocked field goal um and then obviously missed the or blocked the extra point at the end so just a a host of miscues that can swing a football game well and also you know daniel you think about it like that's it i'm looking at it right now like i, I pulled the clip up 215 left in the fourth if we you know you go out there and we're down we're down seven you got there and, and have a good punt you know just field the punt go out there and drive down the field and tie it up um you know it's not as it's not as a uh, dire of a game at the end you know what i mean like then you're, you're you're putting yourself in a much better position so yeah anyways that's kind of what i'm looking at do y'all have any score predictions or where you think it's going to go right now the line is lsu minus two and a half so two and a half point favorites with the over under of 58 so they're they're saying it's or go ahead so they said they're saying it's gonna be a high scoring game yeah um i mean i i think lsu wins i think i think that i think i think we cover i think we win by like 10 points um if everything that I've heard, and now, I mean, I do live, you know, within a stone's throw of Tiger Stadium, so maybe I'm kind of just drinking the Kool-Aid. But if everything Probably. that I've seen and heard and watched on social media and all of that is true, I mean, this team should be making should be making a big step. And I think if we do make that big step, now, I, I think also I, I'm going I'm to give credit to Florida State. I think that they will... I think they would be a, an improved team as well. So I'm not going to say we're about there being by 30 points, but I, I look for a return to form from LSU. I think I agree with the I agree with the odds. I think I take the over. I think LSU. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. But you know, I look at I look at something like a, a gosh, I don't know, like a like a uh, 30, like a 38, 28, something like that. Yeah, I'm kind of in the ballpark with you there. I think it's a little bit tighter and a little bit lower scoring, but LSU should come away with a victory here. I'm, I'm going to go 30 to 24 LSU. Oh, did I steal you, your prediction, Scott? Yeah, that's all right. Now I got to bet one dollar, Bob. Um, <laughs> RIP. Yeah, right. Shout out to Bob Barker, man. He made it to 99. I mean, if Wait, he did he just, die recently? Yeah, like two did. days ago. Oh, dang. I didn't see yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. No, I was actually thinking, yeah, I don't know how how the flow of the game will come out. I feel like LSU, you know, will like look good winning. We may have to come from behind, but I, I looked at LSU at like 30 FSU 23. So Daniel just topped me by $1 in Bob Barker's honor, though. So <laughs> that's what I feel like. But again, I don't know. I think uh, LSU might get like that's some uh, some big scores early on but then they settle down and shut down yeah we'll see it's uh i I said she's gonna win but i'm still nervous about this game i think that kind of naturally comes at the beginning of every football season uh i guess it's nervous excitement more than anything but it's just the the fear of the unknown because after a couple weeks you you typically know where your team sits and you got a a better grasp on things but week one you're like this could really anything could happen No, you're right. And it's a neutral site game. And and, I mean, I I feel like I keep saying, I feel like I'm broken record, but like I I look for good things out of this Florida State team. And so 
I think if we if we don't take them seriously enough and we you know slip a little bit, which I, I almost feel like we did last year. I know I did. when I thought okay we're playing against last year I thought we're playing against a marquee brand it'll be a good win for us just on paper because Florida State like that's a, that's a good team you know it's just a good a good college football brand team. Um, it's like Notre Dame. No matter what, like when you beat Notre Dame, that means something, whether they're good or bad. Uh, I think that, and I overestimated last year. I think that this year, um, I hope, I, I don't think we will. I think we're going to go out there and be really prepared. And like I said, I think we win by 10 points, but, or more, but um, I, I don't sleep on Florida State. I think they can have a very good season in the ACC, in an ACC that's really wide open. Yeah. Uh, another one minor note is that this is year two for Brian Kelly and also year two for both of his coordinators, Mike Denbrock and Matt Howells. So a lot of the players on LSU that have been there for two years, they're used to the system now because before that we had a revolving door for about three years of coordinators um, and O being a little bit more hands-off on the day-to-day coaching and like play calling decisions. So hopefully that provides a little more discipline. I hope for LSU, we've got to keep penalties low. We can't shoot ourselves in the foot. I uh, just stick to your assignments and uh, convert. Yeah. And I, I have all, all due respect to coach. O. he just, he lets, he keeps his hands off, lets his coaches do the coaching. Cause I mean, at that point, I think he was a bachelor again. So man's got to have a life, right? And we know he did have a life. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> uh, so looking around um, either the league or, well, you know, I'll be honest. I don't really see much around the league, uh, cause everyone is playing, but, uh, you know, cupcakes, uh, if you look at Ole Miss, they're playing Mercer, uh, Tennessee's playing Virginia, which is, you know, not bad. I, I think they're going to, Georgia's playing UT Martin, Florida, Utah is going to be good though. I will give that one credit. That's, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. One of you, I think one of you picked, uh, Utah to possibly go to the playoff, right? Um, I said that there was somebody to watch. I, somebody I, to watch. No, I'm, I'm sorry. High, I, I, I heard say you it. say go, they were going to the playoffs, so I'm I'm penciling that in. Okay. They're, yeah. <laughs> Put me down. <laughs> okay, cool. I, uh, I was high on Washington. That, maybe that's what you're remembering, but yeah, Utah's uh, a good team. Okay. You were on Washington, been, but no, not not playoff. But Utah's been been one of those teams. Like, oh, I think this is what we were talking. We were talking about the 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 Pac-12 and how, how who would come out of the Pac-12. who would come out of the Pac-12 and how gotcha. if it's not USC it could easily beat Utah and you know, the road for the road for any of these pack 12 exiting teams is pretty, is pretty, you know, pretty yeah. wide open. Sure. Um, it, I, that the Utah game is an important one. I mean, last year they went into, uh, into the swamp and beat Florida. Uh, I, I look for them to beat Florida again. I, I, I mean, I yeah. feel like, you know, uh, I, I'm not high on Florida this year wasn't necessarily high on them last year but um i this is again this is also year two of billy napier and uh we'll see what he can do but i i like i like the youths yeah yeah it's showtime for billy right billy naps has got to get it going uh but as far as the rest of the league alabama mtsu i mean just my goodness uh i'll throw them all into this soundbite as another tribute to bob barker Uh, I will say, though, that a a good matchup looks like uh, North Carolina and South Carolina. I think that will be a good game. It's a rivalry game, too. I love that they played early, but 
Uh, I think both teams, I mean, North Carolina has been pretty, pretty decent, right? They put up a good fight the last few years and I know South Carolina has. Uh, and then again, speaking of coaches still in their tenure, uh, what Shane Beamer can do with South Carolina is very interesting. I know I doted on him last week with Spencer Rattler, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like they could do something in the East uh, and this would be a good game to show it because again, the rest of the league doesn't show much. The rest of college football doesn't really show much. That's why this our game is probably the highlight game of the whole weekend, right? Like, is there anything that even comes close? No, not really. Well, college game day is going to that UNC versus South Carolina game. I think okay. they kind of just have to because it's on Saturday. They would rather go to LSU game, but we're playing on Sunday, which kind of throws it off. And there's even a Monday night game uh, on Labor Day, which is Clemson versus Duke. So if you got nothing going on there, you can watch it. Um, Penn State versus Penn State versus West Virginia on Saturday could be okay, and then also uh, Boise State at uh, Washington maybe for a battle out west. But uh, most of the the heavy hitters, yeah, like you said, got the cupcake. So I imagine they'll come out relatively unscathed. With LSU Florida State being the only game I would say of kind of playoff level importance right out, out the gate. Yeah, but still exciting to have a full Saturday slate of games to just lock in. Yeah. No, and, and and I think uh, you're right on you're right on the money on the uh, South Carolina North Carolina game, and, and another another kind of wrinkle that makes that a, a one to watch, um, you know, two of of what could be the, the some of the top quarterbacks in the in the nation going against each other with Drake May at North Carolina, somebody who uh, you know people thought yeah. was going to enter the portal and go to one of like a, I mean, he was being talked about as being Alabama's next quarterback for a long time, um, <laughs> yeah. and so and then of course Spencer Rattler who very highly touted out of Oklahoma and then transferring to, to South Carolina. Um, is it his time? Is it, is he ready to, to be the best, the top quarterback in the East? Cause I think he, I think he could be, I think he has the chance to be, especially with, uh, you know, Georgia replacing their quarterback, Tennessee replacing their quarterback. Um, you know, you probably pencil Milton in right now as the top in the East, but uh, I, yeah. it's, you know, it's pretty open for him if, if he wants to submit himself. Speaking of a uh, transfer quarterbacks, we got to see two of them on display uh, this past week with uh, Caleb Williams, the USC taking on San Jose state. And he, the, the reigning Heisman winner defended his, uh, his honor. He played well. USC's defense still not, not that great. They gave up 28 to San Jose state. Uh, they, they won by 28, but still, I mean, they, it wasn't a, a dominance really. It was only, I think a three point game, like at halftime or something like that, or maybe a seven point game. Yeah. Uh, but then Notre Dame, I mean, they stomped down on Navy in Dublin, Ireland. So Sam Hartman was looking good, had a big old beard, uh, kind of <laughs> out of the blue. And so Notre That's Dame, cool. maybe, and Marcus Freeman got the, the train back on track. We'll, we'll see. Um, but that, that was kind of interesting it's for the second Irish game. The fighting Irish were in their home homeland. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're off on the right foot this year. No disastrous start to the season. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it felt like for all that true Irish people there, you know, with, with the fighting Irish coming to their town. <laughs> <laughs> and like there was this, I don't know if you all saw, there was this big like poster um, on behind one of the end zone. It said, come on Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be like if a British soccer team was named like the Yanks or the, the Patriots or something. Yeah, I guess. And then they came. They came over here to play. Right. Um. One other game. Normally, I, you know, Ohio State's 
can be one of those teams where they have just one weird game a year where you're like, how do you lose that? Otherwise, they're like world beaters in the Big Ten. Well, you know, last few years, I know it can be different with Michigan, but normally they can go through their schedule. They might have a, a, a good push from somebody like Penn State on a night game, but there's always one of those inexplicable games. Sometimes it's to Indiana. And that's who they open up with. I mean, they're favored by 30, though. I don't know if this is that game for them this year. But they are replacing one of the, you know, their starting quarterback, who I think is, uh, you know, going to be with the Texans now. So what, I don't know, do you, do you guys see any upsets this weekend? Um, Not a lot. If I had to pick kind of a sleeper upset, it might be that Monday night game, Duke uh, versus Clemson. Uh, Clemson, uh, yeah. big favorite there, but they're playing at Duke. Duke's got a good quarterback, and they had a kind of a, a surprisingly good season last year. I think they were finished nine and four. So uh, the the Tigers got to watch out. So I got one uh, on the another odd odd evening game. Um, look, go back to Thursday night. I'm looking at uh, Nebraska and Minnesota. Um, I want to see. I, I'm not. I don't know if this is necessarily an outright upset, but uh, the line is seven and a half. Uh, uh, Minnesota favored by seven and a half. I might, I might like the Huskers. Um, you know, year one with the Rule era. Yeah, with Matt Rule, he's been he's been known to do very good turnaround jobs at lesser schools. Um, and he does it quick. He doesn't wait. You know, it doesn't take him four years to get things together. And they're in a. You know, I feel like he's going to be in a in a conference and in a schedule where he's not playing. He's not playing in the SEC West. And so um, now, and I, th- I just think that's going to be a good game. That's probably one that I'll be flipping between the Florida Utah game and this one. Um, Cause they come on at the same time, but I could see this one going, you know, get being a lot cl- as a course, I would say closer than the experts think. And uh, I might even put a little, put a little scratch on Nebraska. Uh-huh. Just don't do it in a baseball stadium in Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, but well, I would say uh, uh, Nebraska with Rule. Yeah, I mean this. I, I don't know. They, you're right. He does have a the ability to turn people around, and you know he could be the next Saban, right? Does well in college. I mean Saban won a title, of course, but you know Rule went to the NFL for two years. He's like ah, f this. Goes back to college, and he could resurrect a once great program, like Saban did. He could. I mean the guy is. He has that potential. We'll see. It'd be a good game to start with. Uh, I know Husker Nation would love to be back. They were actually a really good uh, fan base. Just very kind, even as as good as they were some years. Uh, just a really good fan base overall. So it's one of those teams where you say it's good when they're good, you know, like college football as a whole. It'd be good to see Nebraska back. It wasn't ever going to happen under uh, their last coach, Scott Frost. But yeah, maybe Rule can bring them back amidst all this conference realignment. Could be interesting. Like, could be a dark horse. Who knows? And, and, and I think that I could that I could see that being a team where Nebraska goes out there, shocks people, and then kind of becomes people. Like, I think if you're if you are the betting type, this might be one where you get some value because people aren't aren't expecting Nebraska. They're they're kind of they're looking at Scott Frost, in Nebraska. They're thinking back to last year's Nebraska, not whatever Matt Rule has. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What else anything, you got? Anything yeah, else? That's what I was going to say is what else you got? I got one, one little tidbit. No, we don't have to dwell on this too much, but uh, I saw a, a post on, on Reddit about 
the stats regarding the clock changes where the the clock does no longer stop after a first down except in the last two minutes and the result from week zero was that the average number of plays per game was down eight percent and the average time length of the game is down one and a half percent so it made a little bit of a difference there but it's not really i would think what the fans want i mean you didn't change the game length much (laughs) yeah you changed the the time by one percent but you get 7.8% less plays. So for the, the spectator, you get kind of less for the same amount. Uh, so it's kind of having the effect that we anticipated where just more commercials, less football, uh, kind of a bummer there. I guess we'll get a bigger sample size this week, but that is something to look out for that we hadn't really mentioned to see if that causes any late half or late game spasms by teams, not really knowing what to do in that uh, two-minute drill or not controlling the clock efficiently as it, as it runs out. It's going to be interesting too because, you know, think about think about like from a like maybe back to Spencer Rattler. This is a guy who's been playing college football since what he was he a freshman or a sophomore? Because I know he was he was in the twenty on the twenty nineteen team with Jalen Hurts. Um, I don't know if he was a freshman or a sophomore, but he's been in college football since twenty nineteen at least. Um, and all he's ever known for every year that he's played has been, you know, we get move the chains, stop the clock. I, I I feel like it's almost second nature for a lot of these guys. And I wonder if that's going to throw some of these quarterbacks off who've been in the game for so long. Um, is that an advantage to a guy to maybe like an Arch Manning who I'm sure when they're like every practice they've done, every, every collegiate practice he's ever been in has been, you know, practicing as if the clock continues on. So kind of interesting um good little tidbit daniel mm-hmm. definitely definitely gonna keep an eye on it too yeah sad that we don't have less miles around anymore to uh commit any gaffes in that regard <laughs> you know you know there'd be even it'd be like double the amount of gas if, if that rule had been effect with with miles coaching <sighs> jesus take the wheel like <laughs> take it away from him luckily we don't have to deal with that anymore you know yeah now uh, okay one more game i just noticed to watch that could be interesting I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be necessarily, you know, we'll see how competitive it really is, but TCU uh, squaring off against Colorado uh, oh, yeah. on Saturday morning, bright and early 11 a.m. Um, that could be fighting kind of cool. Dion's. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how much how much Dion has been able to do at Colorado. How how, you know, how effective is the Louis that he brought? And can and TCU keep riding off that national championship appearance, or was it just a flash, a in, the flash pan? in the pan? Yep. Right. The Sonny Dykes era. What is it? What's going on with TCU and the hypno hypno toads? <laughs> yeah, I just want to see if Dion's boys are going to fight or not. If if there is one, <laughs> you know, if they do, if they do fight, then if, if somebody doesn't, he's going to be mad. Of course, people are going to sit. He's like, I'm dropping the Louie. Now I'm looking for the Gucci. <laughs> portal, portal is open. Uh, yeah, that that should be interesting. Uh, what Dion can do coming out of the game, coming out of the gate. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, guys. I think we covered it all so far. Anything else? Agreed. I'm excited. I will be in Venice, Italy, when LSU plays against um, Florida State, and the game will be starting at 12:30 a.m. local time. So I may not get to watch it, which is very disappointing. But uh, I wish you all the best and as well as the Tigers. Maybe I can find an LSU bar in Venice if that type wish of thing Wish you all exists. the best. <laughs> yeah. Are you never coming back? 
Daniel's <laughs> signing off for good. Yeah. He just I'm going to live a change my name and live a life abroad. He's gonna go yeah. watch football in in Italy. So it's not an Irish goodbye, that's an Italian Italian chow. Italian chow, yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough, Daniel. It was, it was fun while it lasted. Uh, we'll be watching it. I'll, I'll definitely be watching it. Uh, looking forward to it. I just did have one more small tidbit to mention because uh, I, I looked it up because uh, I was, was uh, my buddy does high school football here and I was checking the scores and you know they've, they've won two in a row. So good for them for the alma mater. But I was checking the other scores too. just happened to check in on Buford and our, 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 our uh, prospect Jordan Allen. Uh, they're two and zero, sitting well. And I was checking him out. He's got some good highlights already. Uh, I think he won like uh, some some award for like high school players last year, like one of the standout players. I don't think it was the top, but he did pretty good. Uh, but he's a junior now. He does have some very creditable offers, including you know the top two D one schools in Georgia, Bulldogs and Georgia Tech. Uh, I think he's also got a Clemson offer too. Um, no word on Ohio State yet. But one of the guys that was on his line or is on his line uh, was offered by Ohio State. So surely they'll be down again sometime this season to check out a game and they'll see our guy, Jordan. Yeah, Buford there. They got the number one player in the country, quarterback Dylan Rayola, who's committed to Georgia. So if you can check them out, it's worth a watch. Yeah, man, if it's a big game. Good luck. Go early. It's it was standing room only when I went. There's like thirteen thousand people there. Jeez. Uh, just like yeah, they had all the student body lined up on the track because mm-hmm. the stands were full. Oh, Luckily, wow. I was able to get down. I was watching. I was watching one of his highlights. Uh, one of them was the punt return. You know, the one where I the one you like were there a, for. Yeah. Yeah. I could Ryan see myself Day. on the <laughs> sideline. Yeah. I'd say Ryan. Do you, do you see that one? Yeah. <laughs> I saw myself on the sideline. I was like, oh, my gosh. That's but still yeah, one of the I'm, funniest stories ever that, that you just heard people uh, people walking in. You just heard them talking about some guy named Jordan Allen. You just assumed that Brian Day was there. <laughs> no, 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 he wasn't. I know he wasn't. I just – no, I heard him on the, the PA system. Like, I had Jordan Allen with a cap. I Jordan Allen. So as I'm walking <laughs> up, trying to get through the crowd to get to the gate to get down to the field, I kept hearing Jordan Allen. And then when I saw Day, I was like, oh, my goodness. I, I mean, who, I know there were other guys there he was there to see. You guys probably knew because you follow recruiting better. But, yeah, I saw him and, and you uh, you here to see Jordan Allen? <laughs> the only name I heard so far. <laughs> like, who? I was looking at the stats. Never heard of him. Like, ah, damn it. Luckily, next play, he ran one back. So I was like. He's like, there's that. Jordan Allen. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow, he's quick. And he is. He's one of those speedbacks. He'd be a good slot guy for whoever wants to, uh, you know, whoever gets to sign him. True. Anyway, thought that was interesting. But yeah, man, football is in full swing. Looking forward to it. Good weekend coming up. Hope you guys can, uh, you know, do something else with your Labor Day. Something fun outside. Should be a good weekend all around. So looking forward to it. Uh, and looking forward to uh, Tiger starting off 1-0. and And yeah, man, Mason Smith is... Have you seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Neither of you? No. no. It's, it's, an old, it's an 80s, quintessential 80s. Anyway, there's just this part where there's, it's, it's about high school, everyone in high school, all the groups, but one, one there's one famous football player. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know, just imagine like Jadavion Clowney in high school or something. Like that, that, you know, everyone knows he's going somewhere. Yeah. And like, 
to get him ready for the next game, some of the students like bashed his car. It was like this very <laughs> sweet Camaro. And the guy was just, he was like frothing at the mouth from the very first whistle and completely dominated. It's like, <laughs> I think that's what we'll see from uh, Mr. Smith in the second game. He's just going to tear up the field against Grambling. Hopefully it was going to so. Florida State. But yeah, anyway, uh, looking forward to that as well. So I think that'll do it for us here on Talking Takes. Uh, tune in next week. We will have game one under the belt for everybody at that point. And we're going to go over the, the Tigers versus the Knolls and everything else like we always do. So check back in with us. Uh, so until then, stay safe, stay tuned, have a great Labor Day weekend, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Takes.